to you by AI. <laughs> that was a roller coaster of emotions. So I thought you would say that. First, I thought it was Loggins and Messina. Your daddy don't dance. I thought it was that. And then I realized it wasn't that. Then I thought it was just Elvis. And then I realized it was Baby Got Back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. quite a journey I went on. But you said AI. Did you did you enlist AI to? I create did not this? enlist AI, but this is a, a trend did. I've seen on TikTok and stuff. And I pulled up YouTube, like scrambling to try to find something to play uh, for the intro song. And literally, it was recommended to me. And I was like, you know what? Done. That's it. That's going to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we are really scraping the bottom of the barrel. We are already using AI. Right. <laughs> No, that is a uh, who that is something. It, but really, AI made that whole there, thing. There, yeah, man. I've heard. Um, well, I mean, well, AI is how they were able to get Elvis to sing "Baby Got Back." They basically somehow modeled his voice, gotcha. uh, and plugged in the lyrics for "Baby Got Back" and auto tuned it a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's it. Sounds just like it, man. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I'm like more upset that it was AI. But how, I mean, I, I guess, how, do we need, it? I have a theory that AI is not a thing. It's just like 12 guys in like a basement <laughs> doing all this. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I exactly. just, because we're definitely at the early stage of AI where it's really not that great. <laughs> Right. But but we're very obsessed with uh, could be really good one day. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's not because every I have seen a few people like use AI to actually try to generate a song and it's almost never really good. Mm-hmm. Um there's like you get like 30 seconds out of it where it's clicking and then it just goes like off the rails because yeah. it, you know, it's, we're, we're just not there yet. Right. Um, well, I mean, man, not to get off, not to start off on a complete tangent, but 2023 is coming out real hot, dude. Just, it's <laughs> true. so weird. Like we're in a really unique time in technology because like AI, the potential it has with do, doing crazy things. Um, and one of the things uh, I, I saw is that apparently Bruce Willis like sold his likeness to be replicated by AI and deep fake. So like after he dies, he basically told like these studios that he, they can use his, like him in movies in the future and they'll be able to do it by modeling his face and voice and he basically gave them permission and probably made millions of bucks off of this deal and they're gonna continue to make bruce willis movies after he dies <laughs> that's weird that's very strange isn't that also, crazy he is currently dying of dementia I, yeah, so I, i'm a little yeah. bit worried who signed that contract yeah. but you know what do i know but that's <laughs> that's <fair. laughs> 
his fucking yeah. his fucking bookkeeper is like, yeah, Bruce. <laughs> He's over in the corner. Fucking. It's actually yeah. It's actually really sad. I don't want Bruce Willis yeah, to die, sad. but I best. also don't know if I need another twenty years of Bruce Willis movies. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> because isn't that what makes things special? That they yeah. do die, they do go away one day. Mm-hmm. Not to not to do what is a weird note to start on, but seriously, we enjoy things because they don't last. Yeah. So uh-huh. if AI will just make everything last forever, then what are we doing? What are we doing? That's a good question. Yeah. God and all these it. young new actors. Zuckerberg. That probably... <laughs> it's crazy because like there's probably some new actors coming onto the scene that are gonna be the next Bruce Willis. That but they may not get their opportunity to be the next Bruce Willis because <laughs> we got Bruce... deep fake Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis just that motherfucker. <laughs> right. Die Hard eighty. Yeah, exactly, man. Timothy Chalamet just lost a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was just like the only Gen Z actor I could think of. No, that was that was funny. That was good. Uh, all right. Well, welcome back to Not an AI Podcast. This is the Vinyl Frontier. We talk about music, I promise. <laughs> Give us a minute. It's been a sec. God. Yeah, we gotta we gotta catch up because it's been so long since we've actually like recorded. We we've a lot of stuff has happened in the past few weeks. We came to visit, we celebrated our birthdays. Um Yeah, yeah. you yeah. turned thirty two and I turned thirty one, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh God! Wow, you turned thirty-two. Yeah, I did. I feel like we should have done more for you. That's wild. You turned thirty-two. That's nothing. Yeah, I turned thirty-one, and I've had a lot of feelings about it. I still yeah. say I'm thirty. That's yeah. how I think. That's the route I'm gonna go. Yeah, one of those yeah. regressing. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm thirty until I'm thirty-five. Then I'll say I'm thirty-five until I turn forty. Sure. I think that's gonna be what I do. Yeah, that's um, a good play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, had a had a really fun chill weekend uh, with you uh, and the wives. Uh, it was a good time. We did. Uh, I kind of want to talk about our bourbon taste test and uh, how. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch's, <laughs> Mitch's reaction tells all. So Mitch really wanted to do a bourbon taste test. And weirdly enough, I bought bourbon, totally uncoincidentally, mm-hmm. and and brought bourbon you to your prepared, home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, yeah. You've been really into bourbon for a minute, and uh, you know, I bought some stuff to do cocktails. Coincidentally, I bought bourbon. Uh, maybe you're doing it to me subliminally. I'm not sure, <laughs> but you wanted to do uh, before the weekend was out. You wanted to do a blind bourbon taste test. Uh, which the wives did help us do, uh, and I think we did it pretty scientifically. It was pretty GMM, Good Mythical mm-hmm. Morning style of doing it. And what we realized is what I've thought all along is that bourbon is dumb, <laughs> and <laughs> it does not matter how much you pay for a bottle of bourbon uh, because it's just what you like. It's all subjective, once again. That's pretty much the case, and it really bummed me out because I was excited to try it out because I had bought pretty, probably the most expensive bottle of bourbon I had ever bought. Um, and so I was excited about, oh, man, like I got, you know, stepping on up. Like This will be great. And then I quickly learned that the $15 bottle was my favorite, and that really bummed me out. Yeah, because I was going <laughs> to say the cheapest, the cheapest one we had did not win. It did How, do terribly though, <laughs> but it did decently. It was actually my favorite. Was the 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 it wasn't even bourbon. We did realize after the fact. Oh, really, it was just whiskey that came in a plastic bottle, and I was like, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I like that one, uh, and I'm still drinking it. I I'll make a Godfather or just pour it down my gullet uh, every now and then, depending on the day I had, and I still like it. It was Pebble Ford whiskey, by the way. It's 
I I like it. A the lot. liquor store was having a sale where you could buy it for five dollars, so I was like, "Fucking hey, let's go." <laughs> I I just that was my favorite thing is that that ranks so high, and then I picked up the bottle and I was like, "It's fucking plastic. It's not even in a glass bottle." <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, that that was really fun. That that was a good, a very good idea. I do think we should try to do some type of blind beer test next time. Maybe yeah. we'll like pick a type of beer. Like we'll do like an IPA taste test mm-hmm. or something. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd have fun <laughs> with that. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of alcohol. Let's get into it. I'm so stoked for today's episode. We were talking about it. I think we got a lot to get through here. So don't bore us. Let's get to the chorus. Mitch, today, what are you drinking? Well, I, I did a complete 180 on the whole bourbon thing. Um, I, I kinda, <laughs> You poured I'm, it all down the drain. I'm taking a few weeks off. I'm going back to the <laughs> basics. And uh, I stopped at the uh, a liquor store, and um, they had this Margaritaville strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> oh, that no. I was like, well, I like uh, I like Jimmy Buffett. I like Margaritaville. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy some. It's been a while since I've had a wine cooler is essentially what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I have to admit, I've had a few of these. Um, they're very sugary. It tastes like red cream soda. Um, so oh. it can't get any more different than a nice bourbon. So <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I just want to express for the listeners how unnaturally red that is. It's very red. I'm that also is... drinking it out of my Margaritaville pint glass. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're really doing it today. Wow. Yeah. No. Something about the summer, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, that's. I would drink it in the summer. Take, take a swig and... Uh... What that are you picking up? Very sugary. Yeah. Uh, I, red dye number five. A lot <laughs> of red dye number five. Um, some sort of a hint, uh, just the slightest hint of malt liquor. Because um, I couldn't tell you. They call it a daiquiri. I know there's not rum in there. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> some sort of malt beverage. Um, yeah. It's uh, Well, like I said, it tastes like a red cream soda. Um, it doesn't even really taste like strawberries that much. <laughs> that's how you know they really did a good job yeah. it doesn't even <laughs> taste like the fruit on the thing <laughs> on the label uh what about you what you got what you sipping on well i am enjoying what i'm sipping on but i made a really fucking dumb decision so i saw this new Rheingeist can and went oh i should pick that up it's just knowledge they just it's, rebranded the cans they yeah. did a new can for knowledge their yeah. their imperial ipa which, which actually is my favorite ipa that you can get like in a can like i i, I prefer it over truth i and see i like truth a lot more for Ooh. a long time because truth is definitely more mild uh yeah. i did not know these were 8.5 percent, and yeah. this is my third one. Oh boy <laughs> so i'm kind of in the weeds here people i i thought that was a six not an eight so damn but uh yeah but i'm drinking this i was a little bit bummed i thought it was a new ryan guys thing i haven't had and it's not i've definitely had this many a time um but i poured one out so let me take a swig i still got to react to it it is good and i do like ipas now that's so awesome and it's an imperial too so that's a strong one yeah, I mean, I will admit, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to drink. Because uh-huh. I, I, I don't know if this is my third one. I think this is only my second. I think I was being hyperbolic. But 
uh, I've had enough. Is is, is <laughs> and I just that's I will say that's still kind of my thing with IPAs is just I just can drink a couple and I'm like I'm good. But wouldn't you theoretically want people to drink more of the beer? I mean, no one should drink six IPAs. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. No human being should do that to themselves. But still, it kind of makes me question, is this even good? <laughs> so I only want two of them. Does that make it good? I don't think so. I think that does make it good because if you think about it, like a case of Bush Light is like $20. And if you find like a six pack of craft beer, it's also going to be $20. <laughs> so, but it's also is going to have pretty much the same alcoholic content, I feel like. If you sat down and drank uh, a case of beer in one sitting, it's probably well, the equivalent of drinking a six pack of beer um, that has a higher alcohol content. Yeah, no, no, no. I see the logic there. I think I think that math can math at one point, depending on how low you go on the low scale and how high you go on the other scale. Mm-hmm. I think that's possible. So, okay, I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah. That's a fair point. Uh, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing today. And just out of nowhere, I said, you know what? I think we should just pick a random year that has happened. <laughs> and we should <laughs> go through and... Uh, we should pick the best album that came out that year and talk about it, kind of debate it, but also like kind of just talk about it and mm-hmm. just and just see what each other's picks kind of blindly and talk about why we think it's the best album or the most impactful album of that year. Um, and we did. We did do that, and we picked the year 2009, which apparently was a batshit-ass crazy year. Yeah. That I didn't remember <laughs> anything about, and I started to look into it, and I was like, holy shit. So, we have gone through and picked what we think is either the best... I I, I don't know if I picked the best album of 2009, but I did pick the only album from 2009 that people still talk about. That was the oh. route I went. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because I think that it had the biggest impact. So that was kind of the road I went, but that's kind of the vein that we're going in. So for the next however long, we're going to talk about 2009, the music in 2009, which was a sleeper year for music, by the way. Totally serendipitous, but oh my God, the amount of albums that came out this year that were actually good mm-hmm. really floored me. Yeah, that was um, kind of my thoughts, too, because when you texted me the idea for 2009, I was like, I don't remember a single album that right, it can't I listened be that to like, that year. Maybe my memory's not that good, but also like, I, I, I don't feel like that was a good year for music. And then I like found this Wikipedia page of like all the albums that were released, and I literally read through all of the albums that were released in 2009, and every single one I was like, holy fucking shit, that was 2009? That's great. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah exactly. And there's a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of set the scene like what was what was your what were you doing in 2009 what was he what was 2009 Eli like yeah I had to I had to remind myself of that I had to actually do the math this morning because I was like well yeah 2009 what was going on so I was a junior in high school uh I think that was the only prom and homecoming I went to my entire high school career uh and I uh did not enjoy it um i yeah i was religious at this point i oh my god i got baptized in 2009 when i was 17 oh wow i got baptized that year that's weird (laughs) didn't even think about that so yeah had not graduated high school yet i guess it didn't didn't take yeah yeah just yeah (laughs) 
it was just me in a kiddie pool. I don't think I really fully understand what I was doing. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, no, t- yeah, 2009 Eli would have been freshly baptized, kind of cutting back on, uh, you know, maybe maybe some more nefarious things. This was the turning. Actually, yeah, this was a weird time in my life. It was a very liminal space type vibe for me because, yeah, I would have, I would have just started going to church this year, mm-hmm. and t- in two thousand nine, I would have started my, you know, more religious journey and figuring out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life because next year was senior year. Um, I think I wasn't having very good luck with the ladies. I spent a lot of this year single, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then I got baptized. So then I was like, well, I can't be fucking anymore (laughs) so i you know retired for fucking for a few years uh so yeah yeah no that that that's interesting i was definitely hanging out with aaron a lot Mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah it's kind of a kind of a new leaf eli i was a little i was a little bit more you know play it by the rules i wasn't getting into trouble i wasn't really doing stuff i shouldn't have been doing i did not remember any of this information yeah so it's all kind of coming to me as I'm talking about it. So yeah, very weird space for me. What about you? What was what was 2009 Mitch doing? Uh, well, kind of similar, but like, I mean, yeah, I was also very religious. So I mean, I had been going to uh, church since I was a child. So 2009, I was in the same uh, same same grade. I guess I would have been a junior in high school. Um, because mm. I graduated in 2010, so that makes sense. I always forget that you're. You graduated in 2010. Cause yeah. Because I'm, I'm a year older than you, though. Correct. Are you You're, wicked smart or something? Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm wicked smart. Um, actually, that is what happened to me. I actually did test a grade above. Okay. I, I, or that, or the enrollment was weird. I mean, it's one of the two, right? Like, either way. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> I, I was technically a quote-unquote gifted child. Um. <laughs> really confused by the criteria but with that being said um yeah it it, i think just my birthday fell just weirdly enough where i could get in a little Mm -hmm. bit higher a grade they actually tried to jump me two grades oh wait now i'm remembering they tried to jump me two grades i did not handle it well Mm. i was gonna be the fucking unabomber if they kept that track (laughs) i did not do well so they sent me back one grade so i i i think i technically ended up being in a grade higher than technically because i i was always young all Mm -hmm. my friends are older than me the i think the only person i really have that's younger than me is my wife Mm -hmm. um so yeah no yeah i i think that's how that happened but correct yeah you that's weird. I did. I don't think I knew that you graduated in 2010. I don't think we've had this conversation. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we have either. But um, yeah, irregardless. Um, yeah, 2009. <laughs> I've always said. Uh, I've straight up been on record on the podcast saying that I did not listen to good music for uh, around that that time. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until college where I really kind of started to uh, expand and. Uh, uh, expand on my musical education and uh so around this time i was listening to like um a lot of pop punk um 
uh, like there were a few uh, bands on this list that I remembered from my pop pop punk days, um, like All Time Low, Boys Like Girls. Um, but then obviously there were some like Christian rock band thrown bands thrown in, like Reliant K, Switchfoot. Um, I was really into them. Um, so yeah, I I was very kind of sheltered because I really didn't listen to a lot of uh, music outside of the Christian world, and when it was, it was shitty pop punk uh music so yeah you could say emo (laughs) Uh, which is weird because i wasn't an emo child i think i was just kind of like the opposite of you i i was 17 and i was kind of trying to revolt and be edgy and i was like oh what do seven edgy 17 year olds do oh they listen to all-time low (laughs) right right yeah yeah no very opposite it it was me going like i gotta slow this shit down a little bit i gotta stop smoking so much weed dude (laughs) right I gotta tone the. I gotta tone it down, man. I ain't gonna make it. Uh, yeah, no, I. I mean, pretty. Yeah, I definitely was getting into the Christian music world, which uh, honestly, two thousand nine, not a bad year to be into Christian music. I yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> there, there was some sleepers out there, but yeah, I was listening to that. Definitely, um, I thought that the Foo Fighters were the only band that mattered at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, what else? I, I think I was starting to kind of like go back kind of hard into vinyl too. Mm-hmm. I'd always, you know, collected vinyl or listened to vinyl, but I think that I remember towards the end of high school when I started to have a job or whatever or or money at all, I would definitely put that into vinyl. So this was me starting to work at, oh, that Steppenwolf album. I don't know if I bought it in 2009. I definitely bought it before I was out of high school. Okay. Yeah. So definitely some of the vinyl that i bought then is still some of my favorite vinyls Mm -hmm. now so yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah i definitely was not listening to anything all that cool um it wasn't about a couple years later i started to listen to more of the music that came out around this time Mm -hmm. uh which we'll get into same yeah completely absolutely the same (laughs) yeah um so okay well with that being said before we get into what we think is the best album of 2009, I think we need to set the scene a little bit. We got to bring everyone yeah. back to 2009. So I looked up some facts of some things that happened in 2009. Okay, yeah. So everyone listening, just close your eyes, uh, pop your collar on your polo. Um, yeah. Oh, well, that was I <laughs> was already kind of dated. <laughs> I wasn't a hip child. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Well, you you also had the disadvantage of being in Indiana, where everything happens about five years later. That that is true. Yeah, Yeah, you're in a weird vacuum of the country where everything shows up five years after it was popular. Um, Yeah, story of my life. So let me pull up some facts that I looked up for 2009, and I. They're all true, and you're not going to believe me. Okay? okay? So let's start with some ones that are believable. Obama was elected for his first term in 2009. I remember that. That happened. <laughs> um, Bitcoin started in 2009. Fuck me. <laughs> it started in January of 2009, and we were just fucking dumb 17-year-olds. <laughs> God damn it, dude. We could have been filthier rich. That sucks. <laughs> um, Moses Aleu retired from baseball in 2009. I didn't know who he was either. That's okay. Moises Alou, the played uh, for the Cubs. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. You, oh, okay. Damn. I don't know who that is. I, 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 <laughs> I, you really do know more about baseball than me. I forget. My, well, my, my family is our big Cubs, Cubs fans. fans. Yeah. So I went to a lot of like Cubs games when I was a kid, and then that didn't take, and I became a, became a Reds, Reds fan. Fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made the right choice. Yeah. Um, what now? Did he retire as a Cub? Because I thought he retired as a Met. I don't actually know. It might have been a Met. That's ah, irrelevant. Yeah. Um. Sweden legalized gay marriage in 2009 and they were the yeah they were the seventh country to do so I did not look up when the U.S. did but I don't think it was in 2009 (laughs) uh no I feel like it was a couple years years ago (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it was pretty recent (laughs) um Usain Bolt set another world record actually he beat his own world record in the sprint that year, oh, okay. Uh, which I thought was pretty uh, interesting. Uh, swine flu was in 2009. <laughs> uh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it also, the best part, it was it was a pandemic at that time. They did. It was technically a pandemic. I didn't remember that part. Yeah. I because I didn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is ironic. Yeah. Uh, but it was a pandemic. <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Uh, Glee started its first season in 2009. Uh, and Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. 2009, Glee, Parks and Rec. There's a right and wrong answer there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I really, We're not going to tell you which one. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. I really want to watch that documentary about why everybody from Glee is fucking killing themselves. Like, it's a pandemic. <laughs> so... Good thing everybody watched the show. It was fun. There's a kid in a wheelchair. He's always singing Blinded by the Light. This is great. I love this. It's good, wholesome TV. 15 years later, everybody's fucking murdering themselves. Uh, The VMAs with the Kanye West, Taylor Swift thing happened in 2009. Holy shit. Wow. I I don't really remember Taylor Swift being a thing even in 2009. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really would you yeah. like to know who had the number one album and one album of the year in 2009 was because it, it was swift? taylor swift okay okay yeah yeah um uh also the because the kanye west thing to backtrack we had the single ladies music video in 2009 okay uh yeah. which i masturbated to an appropriate amount <laughs> That we all did. An appropriate amount for a 16-year-old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like in a, like in a reasonable, you know, like, <laughs> kind of got it, right? Um, um, the Tiger Woods cheating scandal broke in 2009. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I think I think that's all I have. Uh, this yes. is crazy, man. It's just reminding me how old we are because this, right. all this stuff <laughs> seems like so recent memory for me. <laughs> Well, and I think the funnest part of this, because uh, I was talking to Charlotte, and I was like, I got really into this. I almost looked up how much milk was in 2009, because <laughs> I'm a nerd, and I geek out about this. But at the time, all of this stuff was, like, really important. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember getting into, like, a slight argument with somebody about the Kanye West, Taylor Swift thing. 
You know what I mean? Like it was all very, very, very relevant. Yeah. Obama became the president. Fuck oh, you. you know what? Hope. Michael Jackson died in 2009. Michael. Oh, that was one I forgot. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I have it written down right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Michael Jackson died in 2009 too. I remember that because uh, he died on June 25th and my birthday is June 28th. So three days before my 18th birthday, it's like, hey, the king of pop's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, maybe kind of cool <laughs> maybe allegedly <laughs> right <laughs> look i get it i love billy jean too i'm just saying there's a lot of documentaries no i know i know <laughs> they all seem pretty believable uh, i'm not standing up for the guy but he made some good music <laughs> yeah right yeah thriller's great i get it <laughs> Oh my god, Thriller sucks. Have you ever looked at the lyrics of Thriller? The song Thriller? Do do me a favor. We're going to do a bit. Feel free to delete it. Oh, right now? Okay, Look let's up. Go. You have to just read me the lyrics to Thriller as if you were like reciting a poem to me. <laughs> Is this even the Michael? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know if somebody else wrote a, thriller, uh, a song called Thriller. Uh, well, actually, Alice Cooper has a song called, or an album called Thriller. Okay. Which was a bad choice. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> it definitely, it may have came out. I wonder which one predates which. I don't know. Anyways. It would be a bad choice for Alice Cooper to try to claim Thriller. Yeah. It, also a <laughs> shitty choice by Michael Jackson to be like, well, oh, fuck you. I'm the king of pop. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's close to midnight and something evil's lurking in the dark. Ooh. Under the moonlight. Or what could it be? You see a sight that almost stops your heart. You try to scream, but terror takes the sound before you make it. You start to freeze. As horror looks you right between the eyes, you're paralyzed. Because it's Thriller. Thriller died. Okay, the first... Uh, that first stanza is, is pretty good. But Keep then, going. Yeah, to, to end it with, because this is Thriller. Thriller night. Thriller night. <laughs> and no one's going to save you from the beast about to strike. You okay, know? so it is a beast. It is I, a beast. What I yeah, what is about it? <laughs> like the 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 villain is very like vague. There's not like in the music video it's like oh, I'm pretty sure there's zombies or some some shit. And take all this with a grain of salt because I haven't thought about this song in like 6 years. <laughs> But I remember the music video was like zombies and maybe a werewolf. No, yeah, I think it was yeah. Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's okay. the dance. But he never, but he never like says what the 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 villain is. Oh, so, like, okay, interesting. <laughs> he's kind of a stupid. Yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a storytelling cock tease. He won't. <laughs> well, let's let's read the second stanza. Ooh, ooh, you hear the door slam and you realize there's no one left to run. You feel the cold hand and wonder if you'll ever see the sun. You close your eyes and hope that this is just your imagination. Girl, but all the while, you hear a creature creeping up behind. You're out of time. This is all over the place. I don't yeah, know what's happening at all. Is, right? Now there's a girl involved. and So this is typically when you and me have worked on music together. I have a pretty staunch opinion on lyrics. I understand that they should rhyme because that helps, but then you run into this, which is <laughs> very Dr. Seussian lyrics. 
blue and shoe and two and you and through exactly. and boo and Jiminy Jew. It's just, <laughs> it, it, it just puts you in a box a little bit. And I just, I just kind of wonder, could these lyrics be better if it wasn't a pop song? Because, you know, yeah. obviously they're trying to get everything perfectly. And it's like, you know, slam, hand, I don't think that rhymes. Eyes, while, <laughs> but these don't even fucking rhyme. Run, sun, imagination, behind, time. This is weird. <laughs> it's really weird, right? Okay, wait, hold on. Second chorus, because this is thriller, thriller night. There ain't no second chance against the thing with 40 eyes, girl. The thing with 40, so it's got 40 eyes then. Not a zombie, then. I kind of see your point. <laughs> what the what Lovecraftian horror are you painting right now? And it, and also, it's just like who came up to Michael Jackson was like, dude, you got to write a Halloween song, a Christmas <laughs> songs. They're beat, man. They're beat, dude. Well, and funny enough, under genres, it does say Halloween music, which right. is kind of hilarious. Right. <laughs> So, oh my God, there's so many lyrics of this song. Oh, well, the end is just, I'm going to thrill you tonight, thriller, ooh, baby, thriller in parentheses. Oh, so now he's saying, I'm going to thrill you. So maybe he's the 40-eyed villain. That's my personal take, but <laughs> I've watched all the documentaries, but... <laughs> Yeah, that actually checks out. I think he admitted to it back then. Yeah, okay. He's got to just say it, confessional. Right? Uh, let's read this last stanza because what song ends on the verse? I don't... It's It's been a while since I've listened to Thriller 2, so I don't know if I really remember this correctly, but let's read this last stanza. The phallus stench is in the air. The funk of 40,000 years... And grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing to seal your doom. Okay, so now there's ghouls. Now there's ghouls. The funk of 40,000 years is hilarious. Can Especially we... now that knowing that he is the villain. He's like, yeah, sorry, I I'm smell a little girl. funky, yeah. Can we start a band called the funk of 40,000 years? Uh, 100% is happening. Uh, and just do folk music. Um, uh, and... And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortar can resist the evil of the thriller. Yeah, this is a confessional. (laughs) (laughs) It kind kind of is. Like OJ wrote the book, If I Did It, Michael Jackson was like, you guys ever hear thriller? (laughs) What the fuck did you think I was talking about? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Those fucking people are like, yeah, no, he's talking about his dick. (laughs) <laughs> it has 40 eyes all right <laughs> all right yeah i oh man i'll right. see eli with no beer when i edit this episode how i feel <laughs> okay. about leaving that in but okay. we, we we took some shots at michael jackson <laughs> i mean look at the end of the day i don't know man i'm just saying there's way too many documentaries for me to really take his side is all and I'm not taking a side, absolutely. And then reading these <laughs> lyrics, I am a little bit like, this is the king of pop, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I know the song slaps, but this isn't that good. I think it's his worst song, hands down. <laughs> it's 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 a little much. It's a little much. I think, well, okay, it, honestly, let's get into it a little bit. Look at Billie Jean. That's a story. Mm-hmm. That That's telling a tale. 
I don't know what the fuck Thriller is. It literally sounds like they were like, can we write a song for Halloween and we'll do the dance and then everybody will go as Michael Jackson for Halloween? Like that, it feels like a marketing ploy. It doesn't feel like a song. It very well could be. Yeah, I think uh, I think Kmart was like, "Hey, man, we gotta sell these red leather jackets this year." <laughs> you and Eddie Murphy are just—we, you gotta help. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That was that good. That was, <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Well, there's there's the scene. We're <laughs> minus Thriller. This is 2009 brought you up to speed uh i well i i had a note about taylor swift because immediately where i went well what was the most popular album of 2009 mm-hmm. apparently it was taylor swift i think it was the okay. album fear okay i don't know whatever but i had a note uh god will she ever go away because <laughs> uh, I, I i i have to be honest i am so fucking over her and the tour that she's doing right now, the Ares tour, where there's yeah. just like whatever celebrity. It's just like, dude, I don't even want to shit on her and say that all of her music is bad because I don't think all of her music is bad. I do yeah. think I do think that she is pretty phenomenal as a pop artist. Mm-hmm. However, some of this shit is terrible. Yeah, because she ain't playing. She's playing the hits, and that's why Ooh. this tour is so popular. I just, well, I don't know. So I have some friends that went to that tour, and they were telling me about it. And first off, they told me it was a, a three and a half hour set, which kill me. Um, my initial thought was, how much did they pay you to go to that three and a half hour lecture? Um, because right. yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying for a three hundred three and a half hour set. But you know, I mean, if you're a fan of her, like to to play devil's advocate like that's good like nobody else is doing that like that she has a, a, the fact that she has enough energy and like willingness to play three and a half hour sets like nobody really does that so like she's definitely giving her crowd what they want except for they also told me they bought these drinks that were in this like novelty disco ball cup that was like fucking 24 dollars like okay well that's ridiculous yeah no that's yeah well she has got to be loaded <laughs> well, I I think that's maybe what it is. I mean, she really is a good live performer. I mean, she is. She she truly is, and she's also not like. I mean, she's just this kind of like skinny white girl, and she kind of goes out there and kills it. You know what I'm saying? Like that is impressive. Mm-hmm. I don't know many that have because Taylor Swift is pretty, but like Taylor Swift, you know what she also has never done is like go out there in like a bikini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's never done that. So I have respect for her, but I, I think you, you just said it. We get it. You have enough money. Can you give, <laughs> can you cut us some slack? <laughs> just give us a fucking break. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being <laughs> too harsh. I don't know. Just, it just, it, there, some of her shit is bad. Also, she used to be a country artist. Can we talk about that? She was on CMT all the fucking time. I mean, I, I, I don't mind that either. I mean, it's basically those Disney stars that grew up and realized, um, like, well, just like Miley Cyrus, like, she was on the Disney channel. Um, yeah. And then when she was like, hey, I don't want to fucking be a child anymore. I want to kind of grow up and do my own shit. I mean, Taylor Swift did the same thing. She, I'm, she didn't want to be a country artist. She was kind of like put in a box and she was young and uh, got offered a lot of money to do it. So, like, yeah, why not? And also, that doesn't say any, as much about Taylor Swift as it does the state of country music in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> 
good point. Good point. Yeah, no, I think, th- yeah, those are all really valid. I, I, I think I hate on her a little bit just because of, of just how many people like her. Also, r slash final jerks doesn't help. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, they like to hate on her. She has uh, her ridiculous, all the different variants. Gotta gotta catch them all. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> there was a post I saw recently where it was somebody who did have every Taylor Swift album variant, and she's just laying in the middle of them, and it's like a shot from like the <laughs> oh ceiling. Yeah, it's fucking, it's batshit crazy. You know, and I, I think they deserve, you know, a little bit of, of hazing because yeah, that's wild. That's yeah. yeah. Um, but okay. Anyways, Mitch, well, I guess we have to fully commit to our decisions here. Um, what was the best album in 2009? Yeah. So, um, going through this list and again, this was such a wild ride for me because they're all over the place. This was such an interesting time where 2009, and we've talked about on a previous podcast, was around the time that like uh, this garage rock was dying down and electronic indie music was kind of moving into the mainstream. Yeah. And um, a lot of these albums came out in 2009 that I was super into like back in college. I didn't really like appreciate them until like 2011 2012 um so for that reason i put my best album as 2009 um of 2009 as uh passion pit manners and i think not necessarily because it was the song that i like liked the most that year but because when i think of music that was popular around that time it's passion pit is the epitome of everybody was fucking into that song. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same with like temper trap. Yeah. This kind of weird electronic indie stuff. That's what happened like right after the garage rock revival. And it kind of took its place. Um, so I am, I am all about that kind of music. I was obsessed with it for a very long time. And now looking back, like in hindsight, I think that that's probably, I think that's what 2009 sounded like in my mind. <laughs> yeah yeah no that's a good pit i did not know now was that passion pits first album uh i think so because it had all of their like hits on it um it had the sleepyhead song it had take a walk it had um yeah i like take a walk a lot yeah i bought that come. on itunes yeah see right <laughs> so shit you know what also I think came out in 2009? I could Google it and check. I think Orange is the New Black came out in 2009. Oh, interesting. <laughs> why Why did that thought come into your head? <laughs> because there was, I was totally wrong. It came out in 2013. I shouldn't have known that. It came out on Netflix. Okay. Netflix wasn't <laughs> quite there yet. Uh, uh, it's because I bought two songs on iTunes. It was ah. uh, it was that "Take a Walk" by Passion Pit, and it was the Regina Specter theme song for Orange Is the New Black. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but apparently that was a little bit later. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a good pick. I really did not know that Passion Pit came out with an album in 2009, and if that is their first album, I'm gonna blow your mind here in a minute because okay. the amount of bands that came out with their debut, at least their major label debut debut Mm -hmm. that's that's what i'm referring to uh was fucking insane it was fucking insane and i'm gonna yeah blow your goddamn mind but (laughs) uh okay so you are not ready for the one that i picked uh i struggled with this for a while and then every time i found a new album 
I wanted to change it, but I couldn't. I picked an album that I still hear people talk about to this day. And I picked Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon. Oh, okay. I had that on my initial list. It didn't crack the top five because I don't personally love it. But well, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. I've never listened to the thing all the way through. Uh, probably because I would pass out typically before the end of the album. Uh, when I would hear it at every single party I went to. Now, this was more in college. So, mm-hmm. admittedly, I don't know the impact of the album from that 2009 to 2010 range. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, when I started hanging out and going to parties with people, there was at least one or two songs on every single rotation at every single party. Also, I'm pretty sure yeah. I got high and listened to this album with somebody. <laughs> like, somebody I didn't like. I was kind of just there because they had the weed. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And yeah. we're in their, like, you know, Chevy Cavalier and their, like, parents, you know, driveway. It was one right, of those situations. Yeah. It, it was not a vibe by any means. <laughs> but that may have been the first time. That really paints a picture. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that happened a lot in 2009. Well... In 2008. Well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of always did whatever the fuck I wanted. So. Uh, anyways. I think that was the first time I listened to the album. Um, but. I. Well. And I did. And I did listen to a majority of the album today. In kind of preparation. And I will say that I think. The reason I'm picking this one. Is because it was popular. People still talk about it. And listening to it, it was his debut album. Uh, he, I think he had worked a lot with Kanye, like, making beats and stuff like that. I think this was his, like, first standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is weird. It's experimental. It's hip-hop. It's rap. You know, but it's very different. It's very personable. It's very honest. I kind of think that this album kind of set up the idea of, like, Tyler the Creator. And him doing like very personal kind of honest songs, and definitely Drake when he did Lover Boy or whatever that album was, where he was like, "Well, I'm sad," and you know everybody was like, "You're Drake, stop." Um, <laughs> you mean the kid in the wheelchair from Degrassi? <laughs> <laughs> Is that him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Um, it's just funny if somebody still doesn't know that. Well, as also at some point, nobody will know that. By the way. That's true, yeah. That's that's what getting old feels like, is eventually yeah. it's going to pop up on TikTok one day, and we're going to be like, can you believe Drake was in this <laughs> shitty Canadian TV show? And we're all going to be like 80, like, yeah. that's Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they're going to yeah. be like, no way, that's not him. You know? And we're like, oh, God. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> Do my kids really love me? Um so um yeah i just i think like the experimentalness of the album and just the fact that it it, people still talk about it also i think he tried to do a follow-up to this like a different version of the album Uh, i don't know i just this is when i looked at everything this was the only album that i know people still talk about and i was like Mm -hmm. see i gotta gotta, kind of gotta pick that one i i didn't pick the one i like the most because i have five i can give you right now mm-hmm. um but i i just felt like i had to pick the one that had the longest lasting power he did yeah. not win album of the year for it or anything like that but i don't know people going around oh my god taylor swift's 2009 album fear was like the greatest nobody does mm-hmm. that they do right. it with kid cuddy though 
So, and I don't even, uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I'm, I, I don't even know what he's really doing now or what, how his latest albums have gone, but uh-huh. I, I just know, I, I think, I think the thing with this album, it was rock kids liked it. Hip hop kids liked it. Rap kids liked it. You heard it all the time. It just felt like it really did tap into like, this is something new, something cool. Everybody kind of fucks with it. And I think that that, you know, that's an album that people should still talk about so Mm -hmm. that's why i picked it yeah that's fair man that's a good point i mean so my my pick was mostly it wasn't just personal because if it was just personal i would have picked something else but my pick was would you have picked ratitude absolutely because that came out in 2009 (laughs) it did yeah so there were so many fucking good albums that came out in 2009 also another thought i had that i wrote down was there were a lot there were a lot of good like debut albums but there were also a lot of albums by bands that i absolutely love probably bands that would probably if i were to make like a top 50 list of my favorite bands like probably 30 of them put out an album in 2009 and it's far from their best album in my opinion a lot of bands put out like so all time low um put out probably one of their their shittiest albums i gotta stop you right here so you were into all time low i was into all time low this was like 2008 2009 i was into it okay (laughs) um i did not know that another one and you will never hear the end of it now that i do know I it, that's my embarrassing like I don't listen to it still unless I get too drunk <laughs> and then I'll be like come on some all time it sounds like that <laughs> is your version of my creed <laughs> yes God or God smack <laughs> or God, well I think creed is slightly more embarrassing but just God right. smack's good fuck you um fucking oh Mumford and Sons that that sign no more album was from that year and I was obsessed I was, yeah, that's embarrassing too I was gonna say I was on Spotify and one of the last songs you would listen to was Mumford and Sons I was like if he picks that fucking album I've I found a Spotify playlist this morning while I was mowing that had just a whole bunch of two 2009 like rock songs and just to prep for this see i did a little bit of work right um i listened to some songs and a lot of them sucked there was like five finger <laughs> death punch. punch remember them God. i looked at the playlist <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you yeah. That's awesome. it's all over the place uh, yeah, I, I I was gonna pick Manchester Orchestra and Mean Everything to Nothing because um, that's probably the album that I, I genuinely did listen to in 2009. Uh, uh, whereas almost all the other pick. bands I didn't, uh, almost all the other bands I didn't get into until after. But um, yeah, Manchester Orchestra was uh, pretty much one of the first like non-christian non-pop punk rock bands oh. that I like really got into. Yeah, so. Okay. So yeah, I just I just fucking discovered them when I was like seventeen, and I was like, oh, uh, this is what I'm into now. This is how my life is gonna go. Um, and embarrassingly enough, I thought you'd like this story. I got into Manchester Orchestra because I uh, there was this cute girl in one of my classes that had a Manchester Orchestra T-shirt, and I had to Google. I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I, I she's a cool right. artistic person, so I want to have something to talk about. And so I listened to a little bit. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. That. <laughs> That will do and it. And then I, that will and then uh, as I did when I was seventeen, I never talked to her because uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no game. <laughs> but she, she turned me on to Manchester Orchestra, and she didn't even know it. Yeah, she didn't even know it. Uh, if only. Do you remember her name? Megan. 
<laughs> I do. You did because we all do, don't we? We all do. You never forget. Is there an alternate timeline where you met Megan and you married her, and then you guys were like diehard Manchester Orchestra fans? And there, there could be. Yeah, there could be. There, that, that's a separate timeline for you. That's a separate timeline. Yeah, the one that got away. <laughs> Erica hates when I call her that. By the way, does she? <laughs> That's pretty close-minded of her, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, uh, but um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh yeah, Wilco put out a great album that year. They did. Um, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you yeah. about that Wilco album. I never listened yeah. to that Wilco album, by the way. Um, it's not one of their best, but it's got some good songs on it. Um, them Crooked Vultures album came out that year. Yeah, that was one I was gonna yeah. bring up. <laughs> and it, and it, and okay, keep keep going with what you're saying. I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, I was just looking at my list. I The reason I thought you wanted to talk about this is because, strangely enough, an album that's on this list, uh, Portugal the Man, the Satanic Satanist, came out in 2009. Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't remember the year. I thought it was okay. 2007, like, 8. I didn't know it yeah. was 2009. Shit. That's a way better album than Kid Fucking Cuddy. I agree. Well, that's the thing with this idea is I genuinely think it takes way more research. So, Mm -hmm. okay, so I'm going to pick up from there just because you said that. Because, dude, this year is crazy. Here's some other bands that put out either a debut album or an album that I still listen to. So Ooh. Baroness put out their blue album. Uh, that one fucking jams. I think it's their second album. Uh, the Dead Weather put out their first album. And oh, I wow. went and saw them live that year with the Screaming Females. Oh, that's crazy. One of the best shows I've ever been to. Uh, so that's fucking insane. I still listen. I still think I think their second album is technically better, but it's just their first album is nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cage the Elephant put out their first album. Oh, shit. You want to know what I think about that record? I literally have not listened to any other Cage the Elephant album (laughs) except their first album. You really should, though. Yeah, I know. I know. They get better, weirdly enough, somehow. Yeah. But I I honestly thought that Cage the Elephant might have been our Beatles. I thought that they were (laughs) a grunge revival. I thought that grunge bands were going to be the next big fucking thing. I was so me and Erica were going down a uh, uh, a power hour rabbit hole. Oh, okay. And uh, I I know what you know what it was is I don't think I told you this. I made Erica a power hour video. Um, and oh, I, I put a Cage That's the Elephant adorable. song on her. I put a Cage the Elephant song on hers, and I watched the music video of it. And while I was watching it, I was like, "This guy's kind of doing a Kurt Cobain. Like he looks a little like him. His facial expressions were as he was kind of singing like him a little bit." I was like, "I'm pretty sure this guy is just." I, I and I didn't go as far as to say like he's you know gonna be the next Kurt Cobain because. Uh, but anyway, I forgot where I was going with that. It, yeah. No, no, I hear you. <laughs> like, well, I think that that's what people don't remember about when, like, because we all, you know, pretty much everybody knows, like, ain't no rest for the wicked, which Ooh. was very them. But every other song on that album 
is fucking intense, dude. It's like yeah. I, he screams a majority of the album, and he has a good scream. I know "In One Ear" is like one of my favorite KG Elephant Ooh. songs. Like, and I really like pretty intently do not know anything past this fucking album. <laughs> it's all I want to listen to. I bought them doing a live set at Grimey's on CD. It was one of a thousand. It was like a Ooh. weird bootleg thing, and I okay. bought that. And it and it and it was immediately after their first album, and I bought like I was obsessed with Cage the Elephant. Uh, the next band I have is Them Crooked Vultures, and you're totally right. And that album is good. The only reason, God, man, that's hard because the Cage the Elephant first album is so good, but if I looked at it as an album, it does have. A couple flaws. So does the Them Crooked Vultures album, mainly because uh-huh. they didn't really do anything else. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of feel weird about that one. Well, I don't think that, not to interrupt you again, but um, no, no. I don't think that that's a, a bad thing because one of the reasons I picked Passion Pit Manners as my first album is because, same with you with KG Elephant, I don't know if they have any albums. <laughs> right. Like, they're not a band that I that one regularly was, listen yeah, to. Yeah, that was good enough. But... <laughs> right, based on my uh, sphere at the time, and not to you know cloud this, um, my opinion of this, but all I have to go off of is you know my sphere of friends and my circle of influence and uh, the festivals that I was like you know interested in. Mm. Passion Pit played all those fucking festivals right. for like 2009 to 2011. So when you think about that timeline, for me it was like Passion Pit. I'm not saying it's the best album on this list. Um, I think it's the one that most resembles that time in all of our lives i think <laughs> yeah well that's kind of why i picked kid cuddy is yeah. because like that stuck out really i saw that artwork and i do think it has one of the best artworks of any yeah, album really i good. think that's easily top 20 mm-hmm. album artworks of all time i i'd put it up there i love it yeah. i think it's good mm-hmm. uh because it shows you what you're going to be in for yeah something kind of emotional um but that i I'm re- I'm really bummed that I did not know the Satanic Satanist came out in 2009, and the main reason is that is it's a hundred percent top ten albums of all time for me. It might be top five. Mm-hmm. There's not a song you you have to skip on the. Also, it's kind of one song. I I know that I got high and I revealed this to you. <laughs> yeah. But I do genuinely believe it's weirdly like one long ass song. And I I just that album is Oh, Airborne Toxic Event came out with their first album. Oh. I liked them a lot too. Yeah, that Mumford and Sons. Here I'm going to flip over to this list. Um here's some ones that we should talk about and we're not. Animal Collective had the Meriwether Post Pavilion album. Okay. I have definitely listened to that album a lot. <laughs> I think I had sex with somebody to that album. I don't remember. <laughs> I might be mixing it up. Uh, Japan Droids. I was Japan There's... Droids. I, I narrowed it down to a top five, and they are in my top five. Yeah, they, they had that album, which is good. I think that might be the only Japan Droids album I've listened to, and I fucking love it. Uh, Phoenix had uh, Wolfgang Amadeus. Yeah. yeah, that that album, dude. You th- whatever. I forget the song 
that they had, but you could not get away from that fucking song. Exactly. Yeah, it's called 1901. Yes. I know exactly what you're yes, talking about. Yes, 1901. <laughs> and uh, Aaron was really into him. Aaron was really into that album. Uh, Lungs, Florence and the Machine, their debut album, 2009 <laughs> as well. That's I, I, It's just how many bands... Um, it's just crazy. Uh, Pearl Jam had Backspacer, mm-hmm. which does have two of the greatest Pearl Jam songs on it. Just Breathe and The Fixer. Which The Fixer, Matt Cameron wrote, by the way. He wrote that ah. song. And I really like it. Uh, right on. Uh, Green Day had 21st Century Breakdown, which... Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Follow-up to American Idiot. Nobody was really going to... It was never going to be as good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there's just crazy stuff. Like, John Mayer did Battle Studies, which is one of the more popular John Mayer albums. Mm-hmm. Doesn't... That's like... That's, that's when he goes to his more, like, bluesy kind of soul as opposed yeah. to just, like, pop. Um, so, which I like. That's a really good album. Does he have Heart... Is Heartbreak Warfare on that? Yes, it is. That's yeah. my... That's the only... <laughs> that is the song that will make me like John Mayer for however long that song is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the one that will get me every single time because it is a really good song. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I think the Fray came out with their first album in 2009. Yep, I think you're right. That came up on my playlist today. Um, also, Pete Yorn and Scarlett Johansson did that album together, and I've talked about that album. Yep. Ever since I bring yep. that up, every chance I get, you did. Yes, you. Yeah, I, you still do. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right on I that. I still bring it up anytime someone brings up Scarlett Johansson or the Marvel universe in general. I'm just like, hey, I don't really have much to add to the Marvel thing, but did you know? Right? Did you know? Um. Also, the Black Keys recorded their album, The End, which I don't know if that's their last album, but God, if it is, 2000's the best year for music ever. Black Keys calling it quits in 2009. Thank you. Finally. What? <laughs> well, I don't... Brothers came out in 2010. Do you... What a... I... The, are you talking about the Black Keys? No, I Black Eyed Peas. Oh, I thought you said Black, Black Keys. Keys. No. I was like, hold up, man. We're going to fight. Yeah, I was like, whoa, dude, you're coming hard. No, I love Rubber Factory. That's okay. actually top 10 album, Rubber Factory, for me. Right on. Okay. No, Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, not even on my radar. Yeah, I was just kind of hoping it was their last album. I don't know if it actually is. Oh, my God. They were with Interscope? That's so weird. Uh, actually, this Muse album, The Resistance, I was totally totally fucking into it's crazy the flaming lips came out with an album that year uh there's that fucking postmodern death metal band sun with the o and the parentheses oh yeah they okay. came out i actually i do think i listened to that album that year it's just crazy raekwon came out with an album in 2009. Uh. <laughs> it's just wild I, I was really blown away there's a lot of like important albums good albums um, Kelly Clarkson did all I ever wanted in 2000. <laughs> Back when she did music uh, and not uh, talk shows. Uh, Stevie Nicks did a live album, but she also had a cover on there of uh, "Crash Into Me" by Dave Matthews, uh, which is which is tough. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up Dave Matthews because I almost 
pick this album from the album name alone. Dave Matthews in 2009. Big Whiskey and the Groo Grux. Yep. <laughs> Fucking what? Why have I not I listened actually, to that? I actually was kind of into it. I, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I do know that album. That's an... I have it on vinyl. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I do. That's random as shit. Um, oh, man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I just saw the album title, and I was like, "This, I mean, this has to be their best album, right?" Right. <laughs> well, I think uh, I might be getting it wrong, but someone, and I'm not gonna say who because I know I don't remember. Um, someone in their band like died, and his nickname was like Big Whiskey or something. So they oh, did like a okay. album. So that's why it's got a ridiculous name, but it's kind of a cool story. <sighs> and uh, yeah. I'm not gonna be an, you know, I'm not gonna apologize for Dave Matthews. No, <laughs> there's worse things to listen to. At the end of the day, there's worse stuff to listen to. He at least right. does something. I'll stand up for Dave Matthews more than I will Michael Jackson. Agreed. Actually, Fair. I will too. All all Dave Matthews did is just throw some poo on some people in a bus. It's not that and big a deal. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> who hasn't? Let it go. He's not fucking kids. Allegedly. Allegedly. You're right. Um, uh, Franz Ferdinand, uh, had an album in 2009 that I don't remember. Again, Yeah. It comes, it kind of comes back to like, and definitely not their best album. All of these bands you're mentioning. I'm like, yeah. that's not the album I would pick. Yeah. You're kind of right. <laughs> because then also Caspian came out with an album and I was mm-hmm. really into Caspian when they came out. Uh, I don't brand new had Daisy again. I love brand new. Oh, Daisy is probably my least favorite album. Oh, God. Uh, fun had aim and ignite. Um, I love fun. Oh. That album kind of blows. <laughs> wow. It, it, that's the exact point that we're trying to arrive at. It yeah. is fucking insane. <laughs> like this was kind of a pivotal year. Yeah. And I picked this year. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yes. Had, had their album. Uh-huh. It's like that was a big deal. It's just that's all I'm saying. It's just it really is impressive how this year it was kind of like a limbo where there were newer bands coming out, but they were very alternative. The pop stars were definitely coming down. The garage rock revival, like you said, was kind of coming mm-hmm. down too. So it was this weird pivotal shift a little bit. Uh, also, there's a band called Fuck Buttons that came out with Terrosport. <laughs> Terrosport? Hell yeah, I got that on vinyl too. Wait, do you really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was like, I haven't listened to them, but you better believe I'm going to listen to Fuck Buttons because yeah, exactly. that's awesome. Um, so this year, this is, I think, the last thing we'll talk about, and we'll we'll wrap this up. I think people get what we're saying. Uh, this year, Weezer came out with Ratitude, and U2 mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. with No Line on the Horizon. Which is the worst yeah. album, Mitch? Oh, which one is worse? Um, Ratitude. I think Ratitude is worse. Wow. That, you didn't even <laughs> think about that, did you? No Line on the Horizon is not good, but Ratitude is one of the worst sins that Weezer has ever done, in my humble opinion. And I'm probably, I'll probably get some Really? That, but, yeah. It's that bad? I don't know the songs on it. Uh, Ratitude has If You're Wondering If I Want You To I Want You To which actually is not song. a bad song that's a good song but then yeah. it has but then it has okay a lot of these I don't know um, The Girl Got Hot um, then oh Can't Stop Partying featuring Lil Wayne oh yeah Lil <laughs> Wayne is on a Weezer song and that's about where they lost me <laughs> yeah that can't be good 
I have not heard that song, but it cannot be good. It's not. It's not good. It's it, it's it's it, it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear it already well, in my head. Well, let's look. I'm looking at this track list, and I'm like, well, I I like some of these actually. Of gratitude, love is the answer is kind of interesting. Um. I think I just changed my mind. Oh, did you? <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's um. Well, because I was gonna say I'm looking at the track list for no long, no line on the horizon. I don't know any of these songs. No line on the horizon. Magnificent moment of surrender. Unknown caller. I'll go crazy if I don't go crazy tonight. That's just stupid. Uh, that's actually probably the only song on the album that I know, and like, <laughs> yeah, that has the highest listeners, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, that was just my question because rattle and hum changed some stuff for me. Oh, it really did. It really <laughs> did because uh, well, we had um, oh god, I forget his name. We had somebody chime in on Facebook who said, uh, yeah, like oh god, <laughs> oh oh no, god, please <laughs> yeah. no. And in my head, I don't remember what I said, but I was like, well, I kind of liked it. Like if this is the worst <laughs> that you two has to offer, this ain't that bad. But I know it's not the worst it's they have the to worst. offer <laughs> yeah, by a long right. shot. <laughs> I mean, I went with the save album because a lot of those were covers. So <laughs> true, like, true. <laughs> can't crucify him for that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but just no line on the horizon. I, I just it, it had Brian Eno, which I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't good because that was the producer on that album, mm-hmm. and he he's done he's done a lot of really good albums. Yeah. So yeah. So well, what's the verdict? Do you kind of start changing your mind? Are you going to stick with Ratitude or are you going to switch it over to No Line on the Horizon? I think No Line I think No Line on the Horizon is the worst. Um because looking through the I don't listen to Ratitude a lot, but I know there are some songs on there that I don't absolutely hate. Whereas that one YouTube album, there's only one song that I like even know. I like it, but not as much as the four songs that I like off Ratitude. So. I, I hear you. I think the biggest difference is an album can be bad. Like for me, in a, a great example, Metallica's Saint Anger is by far the worst Metallica album. Mm-hmm. However, I know every single song on that album. Yeah. You know what Metallica <laughs> album that I know one song of? Reload. Because that has fuel. I don't. I couldn't tell you any other fucking song from that album. I think the worst thing you could do as an artist or a band is put out an album that nobody remembers. That's mm. that to me is the worst album, not the one that people yeah. hate or is controversial. That's true. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's how I feel. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ah. That's my James Hetfield. All right. Let's wrap this up, buddy. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, despite all these awesome, amazing albums that came out in 2009, uh, here lately, uh, what you been cranking? Oh, I forgot we did this. Um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Making this up on the spot right now. Yeah, I'm, I mean, um, in all fairness, I'm going to recently played because it's been a minute. <laughs> um. Uh, Manchester Orchestra. Go go back and listen to Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. I, I and I'm gonna do the same because they're yeah they're a fantastic band for me, really personal for me, and I haven't gone down that rabbit hole in a while, so I think I'll do that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that sounds great. I'm going to go with Pearl Jam's Just Breathe from the 2009 album Backspacer because okay. it's an acoustic right song, and uh, I think it's their most beautiful song. I, I actually think it's one of the best Pearl Jam songs. Would you like to know how many plays it has on Spotify? I would like to know. 202,509,684. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That is so many. But yeah, I actually, I, I saw an interview with Jeff Hammett, the bass player of Pearl Jam, and he said, every now and then I get a little bit discouraged, but then Eddie will write a song like Just Breathe. And then I'm like, God, I'm so thankful to be a part of this. He's like, just by the mm-hmm. lyrics. He's like, the song is what it is, but just the lyrics were so good that I was happy to still be with this band. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to go listen to it. And he's like the original. It's like him and Stone are like the original guys of Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, Just Breathe is an incredible Pearl Jam song. So that's going to be my What You Cranking. Right on. Both from 2009. There we go. We did it. (laughs) Pearl Circle. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. This was a little nostalgic trip back to 2009. I would love to do this again with a different year. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. Yeah, this, I, this, it's like, I I think this is a good idea. This was a lot funner than I thought it would be. Uh, So I would love to. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and as always, if you have any ideas or anything you want us to talk about, feel free, text us, DM us, throw it on the Facebook page. Y'all kind of know how to get a hold of us, you know, reach out, let us know. We are probably officially out of ideas that we feel very passionate about. (laughs) Uh, so we might need a little bit of help. So if there's any albums that you want us to listen to, go for it. I'll I'll set a challenge right now. Somebody who is a Taylor Swift fan, pick her best album, the album you think that is the best, the penultimate Taylor Swift album. We will listen to it, and we will review it. I've never listened to a Taylor Swift album all the way through. (laughs) Do it, pick it, we'll review it, and let you know. Right on. Yeah, that's a good challenge. I don't think there's any Taylor Swift fans out listening that are going to take you up on that. Just saying. <laughs> they don't want to hear us just go absolutely bad shit. I, I, but it could be good. If she's so fucking good, pick an album and let us listen to it, and then we'll like it. If she's that goddamn good, she's got to have one good one. Ryan Adams did a whole cover album. He covered an entire Taylor Swift album. That was so fun. It was dumb. I agree. I, I yeah. thought it was funny for two days. And then yeah. I think I saw like spin talk about it. And I was like, stop, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, here's how we'll end it. Have you ever listened to Ryan Adams metal album? Uh, yeah. I've listened to all of his albums. Yeah. Orion. Sure I have. What is album Orion? Oh no. Yeah. He didn't release it. Technically it was only on SoundCloud. For a long time. Okay. He has a song called Electro Snake. Okay. Does that not sound familiar? <laughs> no. It's really good. This does not sound familiar at all. I, I was hoping you hadn't heard it. I wanted to give you something fun to end your day with is check out the Ryan Adams album, Orion, because he <laughs> okay. has a song called Electro Snake, and it's dumb, but it's really good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Scotty's going to beam us out of here. Scotty. What's your favorite Taylor Swift album? I don't know. He doesn't have one. He only <laughs> listens to Latin <laughs> Fusion. Because he's a pompous ass. 
right. Bye. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>